0: becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money it's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation welcome this is middle class millionaire with john choi john has his masters of science in financial services and is a certified financial planner and the president of epiphany capital
1: Welcome to Middle Class Millionaire. This week on the program, we're going to talk about a couple simple topics here and just run through a few things that we might find ourselves dealing with when it comes to getting closer to retirement or just in general in life and just investing as well, right? A couple of things that the the world has changed and how we're just viewing things. So John and I are going to break down procrastination and procrastinators, uh, maybe the side hustle or the side gig, and then rental property or investment, a little breakdown of that conversation as well. So let's get into it with John this week here on Middle Class Millionaire. What's going on, buddy? How are you? great how are you doing good looking forward to chatting with you here on this episode we are into what are we into here the end of uh we're at the end of february so march is around the corner march madness and maybe some spring hey oh my goodness
0: march madness springtime the only thing i don't like in the spring is you know a tax due date right (laughs)
1: Right. Nobody, nobody does. Well, we won't talk. I'm looking forward to golf season and all of that stuff. Well, we won't talk taxes this week. So we'll keep that out of your hair for right now. Uh, But let's talk, let's kick it off and talk about procrastination. Uh, You know, I can sit here and go, well, let's see. Do I want to talk about procrastination or not? Right. So I'm kind (laughs) of procrastinating. We'll talk about it tomorrow. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. So habitual procrastination. Look, that doesn't make you a bad person or anything else cuz we all do it in all walks of life, right? There's so many things as humans, it's a trait that all humans have and all humans are really pretty good at it, right? There's there I guarantee you even if you're a complete go-getter in a lot of things in life, if you stop and think about it, you know there's something that you procrastinate about. I don't care how mundane it is, you probably do it somewhere. Well, financially speaking, obviously this is could be, you know, serious some serious bad juju.
0: I laugh at the word juju, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it 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 is bad. Look, this is a behavioral thing, right? So, if you're a single person, like you know, a man, a bachelor on his own, or a bachelorette, a lady living on, on her own, if you're a habitual procrastinator, uh, um, I'm gonna have to say that probably something bad has to happen to just wake you up, to just jolt you out of your everyday mundane life, okay? If you're married, you get you need your uh spouse to like kind of poke you and prod you and to say, "Hey, we need to start our 401k. We need to start this and that." Cuz there's usually one procrastinator and one person that always feels behind and they have this internal clock to say, "Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go." Right. And you know, I, I find that ironically or maybe not ironically, but most couples have one spouse that's like that and the other uh spouse that's the procrastinator. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The tips that I can give for procrastinators is again, realize that it's that it is behavioral. And secondly, I think that if you, uh, the way that I would try to break procrastination for my clients is I would educate them and I would say, let's just walk down a path and let's just do it your way. And here's what it would look like if you delayed saving for five more years until all the lights were green. Right. Mm-hmm. Then this is what your retirement fund would look like at, at 65. Let's say we started now and then ran it until you're 65. This is how much your balance would be. And trust me, it's, it's eye opening. And the same thing with life insurance. Oh, I'll get life insurance later. You know, my kids will be fine, blah, blah, blah. my wife will be fine. Right. It's usually the guys that say that. Right. So right. I say, okay, well, let's just wait a year and see what it does to your premiums. <laughs> and they're like oh, i don't like that right i don't right. like next year's premium okay well <laughs> then we, we better start this year so it, it's about education and to some degree it's about i hate the word nagging i like the word nudging a little bit better we need a a friend a spouse a confidant an advocate to kind of nudge the procrastinators to say hey it, it's it's time to put on our big boy pants big girl pants and and go
1: yeah and act like adults yeah Yeah, you know, and it's procrastination again, it's it's a trait we all kinda have, but you've got to figure out ways to move forward and right and get yourself going, especially as you know, life creeps up on you. You know, we were talking on our last podcast a little bit about some of the sandwich generation and changes that Gen Z and Y is seeing, you know, versus Uh, our generation and so on and so forth. And it's only going to get worse. And if you don't start making moves now, and it's hard, I get it. When we're younger, we all think we're invincible and everything's great and you can get to it later, but boy later shows up faster than you realize. So just get it done. All right. Well, with that said, maybe side gig, is the way to uh, help motivate you, right? Maybe that's a way to help you get some more financial things going because you feel like, oh, I'm living the paycheck to paycheck. I can't put away money for retirement or whatever that might look like. Well, we've seen more and more people, regardless of age, turning to the side gig or the side hustles. Matter of fact, a lot of people in their fifties are actually quite enjoying that, whether it's part-time for extra money to fund some retirement or to fund some habit, uh, hobbies or you know good habits or whatever the case is. Definitely seeing more of this. Well, you hit the nail on the head for me. That's that's really personal for me
0: because I do have a side gig. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, you know, when I teach for for a CFP instructing program, that is a side gig for me. My number one, my primary job is is to act as a financial advisor, financial planner, but you're practice on the side, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. And I do it because there's a few reasons and I don't want to get into all of them, but the money was secondary for me, but I enjoy the heck out of it. I love teaching. It brings me happiness, and I feel
1: like I'm doing good
0: for the world. That's awesome.
1: I mean, that's the number one reason I think a lot of us would want to do. You know, yeah, the money can be a motivation, but hopefully, especially for retirees or pre-retirees, John, uh, you know, hopefully bringing you some happiness is a great reason to do that. So kudos to you. Yeah. I mean, look, if you hate your first job, and I don't hate my first job, but if you hate your primary
0: job, why would you voluntarily sign up for a side gig? that you hate like i would never be an uber driver a lyft driver not because i'm better than them or worse than them i just hate driving (laughs) right that would be like a thing yeah yeah that that would be like torture for me so i would never do that so you have this incredible opportunity i mean this stuff didn't exist 10 years ago right you have this incredible opportunity to do these side gigs because we can do it a, a lot of times we can do it from across the country right? We can do remote. It doesn't take up a lot of time, but, and the stigma around, oh, he needs a second job because he's poor thing. That's gone. Yeah. That's
1: definitely gone away. That's good.
0: Yeah. It's like, I have a second, I'm proud to have a second job, right? It's like before it was like shameful. Oh my gosh, you can't make ends meet. Now it's like, yeah, I got a a side gig and I love it and I enjoy it. And people are like, okay, cool. I want a side gig too. How do I sign up? So, you know, and it's something that I think that, I'm not. Look, I say I'm not digging ditches, guys. I'm very blessed, and I can do this thing well into my you know 60s and and maybe even 70s, right? To teach mm-hmm. as long as my mind stays sharp, it, it doesn't really. I, I don't need like physical ability to do this. So I'm like, you know, even if I, even after I retire from my first job, which I don't know if I ever will, I'll probably die in the saddle. Um, that would be good for me. I think. But I love it that I can do the side gig well in the retirement and supplement the retirement. Now, if you want to retire from the first job and then you just want to continue a side gig while you're in retirement, oh, it is going to help you so much with your retirement funds and not eroding that. Oh my gosh. If you run the numbers, it's just shocking, just eye popping. Talk to a financial planner, a certified financial planner. They can run the numbers for you. We're trained in all of this. If you quote unquote delayed, taking withdrawals from your retirement funds for three, five years because you got a side gig makes all the difference in the world.
1: Yeah. You know, and again, I think the time of your life and the perspective you've got on it, right? We see, again, we see these younger kids out there saying, hey, they have to have multiple jobs just to get by, but that's in a different time of life. If you've had your full career, typically when we're over 50, we're making the most we've ever made in life thing, you know, got the kids off the payroll, all the things we talk about when it comes to starting to do catch up for retirement. Well, side gig can also add to that. But to your point, and if you're doing it for just solely for the money, we'll still try to find to do something that you enjoy, right? So that it is, it is not such a, um, you know, kind of a mental burden as well. Cause you don't want that, you know, you want to have, you know, enjoyment, especially as we're getting closer to retirement. So whether Mark, from what I understand,
0: the, the, um, the kids are never
1: off the payroll. So let's get that. Well, later. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, mine's, I've been pretty blessed in that department. She's, she's pretty good. So as a matter of fact, right, she even good. pays my cell phone bill. So there you go. Oh, awesome. I know, right? So, all right. Well, let's, you know, again, side gig could be a good thing, especially and for a lot of people, John, we've seen, especially pre-retirees or even retirees go, you know, I was always really good at, I don't know, woodworking. So yeah. they just get bored and they're like, you know what? I'm building birdhouses and selling them on Etsy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, lots of stuff. Yeah.
0: it's great. You got to work with your hands. You can't just like sit there. You're going to, you're going to like, it, it, like the tin man, you prep need... it and, and yeah. die early you you just humans were
1: built to work we were designed to work okay so to move yeah yeah like the tin man with no oil right you don't want to do that so yeah yeah all right final one here let's talk about rental property or invest scenario breakdown for us let's say uh john a potential client is retiring in the next i don't know year or two whatever they've built a dream home they're they're moved into the current house is paid off they come to you wondering if they should sell you know, the other place or invest, you know, and invest those dollars or rent it out, right? We got a lot of people who find themselves fortunate enough to have two homes and they kind of wonder what they should do with it.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, this is multifactorial, right? So well, give us a breakdown, some ideas. Well, okay. So if you sell the house, right, you got to, again, I'm, I'm a big fan of running the numbers because numbers don't lie. Okay. So break it down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, How? what's your return on investment if you just treated it as a rental property? The after tax, okay? You got to remember that, the after tax, because you get some really good tax breaks for rental real estate. And then just run the numbers of, hey, we just sold the house, we took $500,000 or whatever how much that house is worth, and we invested into the market. And then also, do you need the income? Is it nice to have the income? Because rental income could be a really nice source of like secondary passive income. The other thing that I would say is, uh, and you know, unfortunately, this is this is where I, I I'm falling in is what state do you live in? Like some states are really good for renters, and some, and and those very states are really bad for quote unquote landlords, mm, okay. and vice versa. So. Like generally speaking, the red states are really good for uh, landlords and uh, doesn't have the protections that uh, for renters that maybe uh, the blue states do. So you got to pick and choose your battles. So, and then the other thing is how far are you from your rental property? If it's, you know, across the street, I can keep an eye on it. I'm a little bit more comfortable with that than. Uh, oh yeah, my rental property is in Hawaii. I may not see it this year, you know. So, and then you have to rely on very good property managers, which I'm sure y- you can find. Absolutely, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, it, it, do you want to keep an eye on it yourself? Because some people do. There's so many things that that go into that. It's not a uh, decision that I would just say, "Oh yeah, absolutely rent it out," or "Absolutely go ahead and sell it." it it's there's a lot of things that go into it.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think for, you got to really, yeah, I think that the biggest place is you got to decide what kind of person you want to be in that, right? Do you want the hassle of it? Anybody who's ever been a landlord can tell you that most of the time, it's kind of like being a boat owner. Most people wind up saying, oh yeah, it was a crappy experience. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I kind of wish I hadn't done it or whatever. So you certainly got to weigh that out. But if you're doing the snowbird thing, maybe you've got a place up north and then you've got a place down south. Well, then, you know, possibly doing some minor rental out, rent outs or, or even not, even if you don't even need to, um, is totally fine. You just got to weigh all those options. Like anything, when it comes to finance and retirement, John, you just got to weigh your options.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just run the numbers. And, and also it's not just numbers. It's, it's behavioral. Like my wife would never rent out our house for six months mm-hmm. and then have us move back into it six months later. Like if we were snowbirds, right? like she doesn't, she considers our house a, like a, like sacred, right? Sure. It, it's yeah. it's our house I, and, and I don't want to rent it out. Some people have no problem with that. Like, right. Yeah. Again, it's not right or wrong. It's just very behavioral. So yeah, that's a good point. That's Yeah it's,
1: it's all behavior. Well, you were talking about golf earlier saying, you look, you know, spring's coming. Uh, The, uh, the U.S. Open is down here in my neck of the woods, just right on the corner, uh, this 2024 here in Pinehurst. And uh, so I'm, I'm like 18 minutes or so from the area. So it's like people all around are like, oh, we should, you know, going to rent out you know, you're going to rent out your place or something like you go stay someplace, make big money. Like you could rent it out for people coming down for the U.S. Open and maybe take a vacation for a week, go somewhere, rent the place out, and pocket some big change. And my wife's like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you get
0: fourteen days to do it, and yeah. and guess what? All that rental income is tax free.
1: Yeah, but she's like, she's like your wife in that. She's like, no. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> my place is it's my like... place, so and I don't blame her. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it either. Everybody's but different, it's but. Just... But hey, you know, again, so it's worth having the conversation with your advisor, especially if you're in that fortunate situation. And it's worth running the numbers and the math and then kind of weighing that with your Personal beliefs and just you know the concept of do you want to deal with uh, the landlord things that come with it. So there you go. That's our podcast this week. A couple of interesting ideas, some simple topics, but some effective topics to really think about and dive in and slice up into your retirement pie with John Choi. And if you got some questions, need some help, as always, get on his calendar and have a conversation and get a strategy for your unique situation. As he mentioned earlier, he is a certified financial planner as well as an instructor for the CFP program. So get on his calendar at Epiphany Capital, have a chat today. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify or Google. What, sorry, YouTube now. Apple, everything's on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, or YouTube uh, under Middle Class Millionaire, or just go to his website, johnchoi.net. That's john C-H-O-I.net. My friend, thanks for hanging out. Have yourself a, you know what? It's leap year today. So happy leap year.
0: All right, that's that sounds good. We get another day,
1: one extra day. (laughs) Yay! All right, uh, always fun and always a pleasure with you, Mike. Yes, sir, my friend. I'll catch you next time. We'll catch you, folks, next time right here on Middle Class Millionaire. Bye, bye, folks.
0: Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.